Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, hostess with the mostest, matcha snob, and unapologetically bad at small talk. Seriously, tell me about your childhood. And I'm Joan Karnashan, queen of messy conversations, skincare junkie, and highly allergic to bullshit. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where together we'll navigate the vital conversations that lift shame and shift paradigms. Our deepest desire is to normalize rewriting the narratives women have been taught about pleasure, money, power, sexual expression, and self-sovereignty. So join us each week for unfiltered, raw dialogue that educates, empowers, and hopefully entertains, or at the very least, makes the hard topics feel a little safer. By the way, when we say women, we are speaking to humans who identify with their divine feminine nature, non-binary royalty, our sacred sluts, the matriarch and the rising, and those of us who are still trying to figure our shit out. You guys know I love a good disclaimer, so here goes. We are not to be mistaken for doctors, lawyers, clinically trained psychologists, therapists, or your mother. But we are someone's mom. If you True. think this state is going well, subscribe to our show. And community means everything to us. So make sure to tell a friend or like all of your friends. Oh my God, my arms are so sore from boxing yesterday. Okay. Oh, is that what they call it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not wrestling. They call it boxing. Boxing? <laughs> mom and dad are boxing. <laughs> Oh, hey loves, we are back. Yes, we are. <laughs> this is Joe and Karnashan and Kristen Henke. And together we are Nothing Confidential. And we are back with a fun, fun threesome episode, which I guess all episodes from here on out are gonna until, be until until we get into foursome territory. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be expanding a lot this year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Welcome back to this really fun episode with Morgan, who we have back again. And we just dive into a really awesome conversation about, well, all the good things and all, all the things that she's been up to, but she was on episode 13 and that was just a really beautiful, raw insight as to who she is. And now you get to meet her at her present state. Before we get into that, can we just like briefly talk about this beautiful new space that I'm in. Uh, yeah. Your tiny palace, your perfect palace. palace. Yeah. You've been there seven days. How does mm -hmm. it feel? How does the new space feel? I know we shared with everyone last week that you were going through a divorce and moving into your new place. And this is the new place, like energetically, spaciously. How does everything feel? I mean, the first day I woke up and I was in tears because I felt my body like relaxed she felt calm and expansive and centered and grounded. And actually, you know what? The word that really suits well is rooted. She felt rooted. Mm. And it was a feeling that I hadn't felt in a while. And as I think about the word rooted, I think about like this current chapter of my life. I'm still this gigantic tree flowing and blowing in the damn wind, but I'm rooted. And yeah. that feels... Yeah. <laughs> so good. It you got so deep good. roots. The winds yeah. are high, but the roots are deep. Right. Right. So that feels really awesome. What's been going on with you? Cause I do feel like it's been a while since we've been chatting. I know when you talk to someone every day or multiple times <laughs> a day, and then you're like, PS got to take a quick time out to move all of my stuff. <laughs> you don't talk for a whole week. I, f I felt so emotionally distant from you. <laughs> 
this is like the second, this is the second time we have attempted recording this intro guys. Cause we started it. We got five minutes in and I looked at Joe and I said, I just, I need, I need to hit the eject button on this whole thing. I don't, I don't feel connected to you at all. <laughs> it felt like two people coming into a business meeting and it was like, what are we doing? And we're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get down to business. This doesn't feel good. No, I'm like, I need to know the intimate details of your life. What have I missed? I saw your child inside of a Tupperware <laughs> container with the lid on and there were no holes in the lid. I need to know what's happening over there. <laughs> yeah, we weren't shipping her back or putting her in storage. It was just so funny because, you know, Liv has been playing hide and seek with me in this new space and I'll call her downstairs. So I'm in a three level townhouse and it's really funny because I'll call her downstairs She'll come downstairs and hide behind the couch or like last night we were supposed to watch this movie. And so me and Iris were cleaning the kitchen and she's like, I'm lives like, I'm going to go downstairs and like, you know, just get the bedroom set up. I'm like, cool. So all of a sudden me and Iris hear this like gigantic bang and we're like, <laughs> Liv, are you okay? She goes, I'm fine. And I go downstairs and I don't see her. <laughs> and then I look to the right of me and she's in this freaking gigantic Tupperware. And I'm like, what is this kid doing? And she's just like, shh, don't tell Iris. I mean. Oh my God. <laughs> and y'all calm down. She's old enough to put herself in the container and get right. herself back out of the container. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's no locks. There were no anyway. locks. Yeah. There yeah. were no locks on the thing. <laughs> so I mean, the lid safe. just like pops right off. <laughs> yeah. But oh I thought about that after I was like, oh, this is on Instagram. Oh, I'm going so through divorce. Funny. Hopefully so this funny. is not going to make it back to social <laughs> services. <laughs> She keeps her child in a packing container. <laughs> you guys, she has a room. She has a room. She has a room. <laughs> this is not she her room. official room. There are fire escapes. She gets fed yeah. several yeah. times a day. Water is available. Carbon monoxide, like the whole thing is she like all good. We're all yeah. good. Everything is fine. Everything's fine. Um, what has been going on with me? Well, I actually had a very I had a couple of moments this week after the fact. The one year anniversary of nothing confidential came and went, and I kind of forgot because everything that's going on, but woohoo celebrating a whole year of nothing confidential. We're on to year two, but that comes with a tangled web of emotions because I launched the podcast a few weeks before my daughter was born, which means that James first birthday is coming up next week. Actually, she and Olivia have the same birthday. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my daughter will be one. And if I go back and listen to the show, the earliest episodes, the first couple were pre-recorded. I was super pregnant and I was bitching about how uncomfortable and super pregnant I was <laughs> the whole time. And then after that, there's baby James and oop, I can't get into it. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Ooh, literally. Tears are welcome. Tears are welcome. Oh yeah. <laughs> baby James is in all the episodes and she's grown up on the podcast and it feels really sweet. And also really hard. And so I'm crying in real time for my sweet baby who is growing up way too fast. Uh, but it's also a huge celebration, like a really huge celebration. So I'm going to get some tissues and try to try to lighten it back up. But yeah, that's, that's like a big thing going on. Also, while we're talking, my husband <laughs> texts me and the iMessages were going to my laptop and he just said, I'm coming at you tonight, period. <laughs> 
you know, there's <laughs> uh, pretty sure that was in response to a text I sent three hours ago. That was like, Hey, I just looked up what was going on on stardust <laughs> minor plug and <laughs> uh, my period's coming in two days. So if you want some come at me, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was kind of like that was kind of like me getting this package of a really cute lingerie set <laughs> and me sending a picture to Chris of like when do you want to play? <laughs> yeah, you're like I'm I'm ready. This was on my I'm ready. this morning. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, good pivot into sexuality, empowered womanhood, <laughs> sovereignty, all of the things. Mm-hmm. As Joe mentioned, Morgan Day Cecil is back on the podcast today. For those of you who don't know Morgan, Joe told you where you can find the first episode. I do encourage you to go listen to that. There's a lot of backstory there, really, really important. But Morgan is a feminine wholeness mentor. She is also the creator of the Feminine Wholeness Method, TM, which I am being certified in right now. We talk about that a little bit later on in this conversation. And actually, we've both known Morgan uh, since around 2017. Joe, you've actually met her in person, right? Yeah, you guys hung yeah. Out. yeah, we both got drunk was... in an airport. <laughs> that was after we were both teaching at this retreat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met her at this retreat that I was teaching at. It was my second year teaching at the Nine Retreat. And she came on board and uh, was talking about sexuality. And at the time, for me, that was a time when I was just kind of learning what my sexuality meant independently out of outside of my my husband um, at the time or my ex-husband and um, was really kind of realizing, holy shit, I can own my sexuality. And so here comes Morgan, this beautiful like goddess of a woman who's not only talking about sexuality, but she's also talking about sexuality, spirituality and religion <laughs> and talk about <laughs> being mind blown, especially as a Filipino American girl who grew up in a Catholic household where sex isn't talked about and you're talking about religion and it's supposed to be this like pure thing. And here she is marrying the two together and telling me that like God wants you to have sex. And you're just like, Oh, this is a new bright concept. (laughs) Thank you very much. Where were you when I was 15? You know? (laughs) Yeah. So definitely polarizing in the best way in the most impactful and transformative way. I feel like if you're for everyone, you're for no one. And that is an aspect of the conversation that we have today. We talk about the courage to be disliked. And we get a little into her personal experiences with showing up on such volatile topics on Instagram and what that process has been like and how it feels to be, to feel like you're really aligned and in your truth and then have hundreds of people unfollow you. And I really appreciated all of her insights and her, just her vulnerability around Mm -hmm. sharing that with us. What else really stood out to you about this conversation? I loved how she talked about just the self-sovereignty and also the idea of having a relationship, having like the threesome in the marriage. I've always like talked about the threesome or like the triangle that's like in parenthood, but I loved how she mentioned that the most important things are this like threesome in this relationship where you're supposed to have this beautiful relationship with yourself, this relationship with your partner or your husband, and then the relationship that you guys are building together. Mm, yeah. And I think that's a super important thing to like just note because most of us forget about the relationship we have with ourselves when we start going down this rabbit hole or we start, you know, jumping on the, the relationship escalator, right? Or like long-term marriages or, you know, we just think two become one. Mm, and yeah. it's really, no, you still are your independent person. No, so good. And 
Morgan, thank, because we both know Morgan, it was extra fun. We had a rip roaring good time, especially towards the second half of the conversation. We got into <laughs> some really unscripted territory and mine and Joe's uh, brand new segment that you guys will experience for the first time in this episode paid off uh, big time. <laughs> We found out some things about Morgan that we didn't know. And then she turned around some questions on us and there were definite vibrating massagers involved Mm. and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, yeah, stick around for the whole thing. Stick around to the end. Who doesn't love three grown ass women talking about sex and sexuality and power and money and careers and dreams and ambition (laughs) and massaging your face with a vibrator? (laughs) We'll try to find some video footage for you guys and get that up somewhere. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that feels good. Yeah. How do you feel? Enjoy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great time, guys. We'll see. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> So Morgan, Cecil, thank you so much for coming back to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. You guys, if you didn't hear the original episode that I did with Morgan in the very first season, she was like one of the first people who said yes to this idea and to me, and she is episode 13. It is deep as shit. There is crying and her extensive backstory. So please go back to get the in-depth origin story before you listen to this episode. Joe. My main woman is also here. Yo, yo. <laughs> yo, Joe. I am so excited to be here because Morgan and I, we met back in like 2017 at a women's retreat and she blew my freaking mind just talking about sexuality and sovereignty and this idea of what it means to reclaim yourself as a woman. And it was probably the first time in my life where I was able to witness a woman in my own physical presence talking about sex so openly to another group of women that or like to like a group of 30 women that just exuberated this type of glow and confidence but also this like you guys I've gone through some shit and I'm here to show you a different way of being and come with me and I'll guide you and it was one of those moments where I mean Morgan I think even after that retreat didn't we get stuck in an airport lounge for like three hours sipping on we may have had a little bit of champagne (laughs) it was pretty fun a little bit (laughs) I would love to be stuck in an airport lounge with you again oh my god I would too I would love to be stuck in an airport lounge with both of you guys at some point. Let's plot this. Let's plot this. That would be fantastic. That (laughs) this is like a brand new, I think we just made up a new category of like superlatives, like office superlatives. It's like most person I would most want to be stuck drunk with in an airport would be Morgan (laughs) and Joe. Totally. Totally. We would be talking about sex, dildos, all these things. I think we were then too, Joe. I think we were pretty loud about it. We totally were. And I think we were like zero fucks given, like no fucks given. Yeah. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) So I actually think this is a very interesting and funny place to start. And we won't hang out here too long because we have so much stuff to talk about, but like the the first time you were here, Morgan, we got really in depth about kind of your coming up, your childhood. Like we went all of the places, but like take us back to just a couple years ago when you were hanging out, like in an airport with Joe drinking, like what was going on? Because 
things are very different yeah. now and we're definitely going to get there, but I would love to know like just a couple years ago, what was going on? No, it's, uh, well, I began really diving into the intersection of sexuality and spirituality in 2016. And it was just this place of healing for me. Like I needed to reclaim it for myself. And at the time, like my husband and I were leading house church. And so we were really involved in our evangelical church and it just wasn't talked about. And a lot of young couples were coming to us being like, Hey, we're really struggling. Like our, our marriage is falling apart because of this trauma coming up in the bedroom. And we are like, yeah, we are going through that too. And so the very first thing I was doing was getting free myself. And then my husband was doing the same thing. And then we were working on our marriage and sharing that story. So our, our, our whole thing was, romance and adventure and how do we reclaim that in the bedroom first and foremost because when we got married it was there and and then a couple years into marriage like we were falling apart and I was like totally traumatized by sex and there was no one to talk to about it so we just decided to be the ones to talk to about it mm, bless thank god you mm, did that. yeah <laughs> yeah and it was like that was just the, you know it's interesting to kind of follow the breadcrumbs of your life and i and i really do believe this that whatever is alive in us we follow that and that leads us to the next thing and so what that did for me was that beginning to kind of work on my sexuality and get healing there i realized like i was a sexual being outside of my marriage and so it originated like working on sex and marriage, but really it took me on this other journey of coming home to myself as a woman, irregardless of my relationship. And so, and that led me into all the work that I'm doing now, which is, is really, really been important to me. <laughs> Just centering on the woman. I had no idea how much I needed to reclaim first and foremost for myself before I could really thrive in my relationship. Mm, I love that. I mean, I think, you know, the most important thing is that idea of being your own self, right? So many women, I think, whenever we get into long-term committed relationships or marriages or partnerships or whatever, you almost have this idea because it's so conditioned for you to think that two become one, when really mm -hmm. it's like, no, two are two. And you create this co-creation together. You create this container, this unit, but you still are individuals. And I love that. Yeah. And actually, into that point, like one of the kind of maybe a bit scandalous things we are teaching in our course for marriage is about the threesome of marriage, which is like, you're not one, you're actually three. It's like you have your relationship with yourself. Each partner has a relationship with themselves and then you have a relationship with the marriage. And so it's just dance always in a threesome. Mm, yeah. Like and that's, one. yeah, I like this one. Menage a trois. Like this right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's something that comes up. I was so surprised that all last year, every time I brought up it within like a one-on-one -on -one client situation, I would talk to them about how we all are in two sexual relationships, the sexual relationship we have to our partner, the one we have to ourselves, and how the one to ourselves is, you know, by far the most important. That's where we get the information. That's where we get that connection to self. That's where we tap into our own sensuality and play and creativity and our own just life vitality. And the amount of like light bulbs going off for people, women ages 25 to 62 was insane. Like the fact that that is something that still isn't, it's not taught to us mm -hmm. when we're younger. That's not something that we're sat down and had explained to us. And Joe and I were actually 
talking a little behind the scenes, we were rewriting the the bumper, you know, for the show to include both of us now in season two. Yay, yes. And as we were going through, like we decided like one of the words we used was sovereignty. And as we're going through with our like marketing backgrounds, everything, we're like, all right, we're like keeping it short, we're keeping it snappy. And then we're both like, is sovereignty too big a word? Like, do we need to explain like what that is? Is that and we're like, no, you know what? We're gonna put that out there and then we're gonna bring everyone along with us. And you are one of the foremost, in my opinion, um, leaders out there talking about sovereignty and womanhood and how that connects to being what you call a new kind of woman. I would love to hear you share about sovereignty within that frame. Yeah. So sovereignty for me is a full-on embodied experience. Like there is an energetic quality to when you feel like you're holding yourself, you're holding yourself in your space. And I remember when I had been doing a lot of healing around my sexuality and just same thing that you described, it was a light bulb moment for me at 30 to be like, wow, my body belongs to me. My sexuality belongs to me. And so that was a huge journey to coming home to my body. And then from the ground up, from the honeypot to the heart, to the head, really reclaiming the sense of self that when I experienced that alignment from within, it was like I was wearing a crown of light. And so that became a practice of mine and that I would teach my clients how to wear their crown of light. No one else has to know that you're putting it on. No one has to know that you're wearing it, but it's this embodied sense that I can walk with my head held high. It doesn't matter my past. I'm right here in the present moment holding myself, whole woman whole woman. And it's this inner experience of belonging to yourself and holding your head up high and, and really feeling that sense of dignity that then so much opens up. And so sovereignty for me, like I, I, it's just, I can feel it every single time the word is said, it's like, I'm bright, I'm brought right back into this inner alignment. And that's what I want women to feel. It's not a concept. It's not an idea. It's an energetic state. Mm. Mm. We're all here like, I, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> I want a slice of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny when you, when you begin to like really align yourself to yourself, there are moments in life where you, you know, take off layers, you peel back layers like an onion, you kind of remove some of the conditioning, the storytelling, the should stories. And oftentimes, you know, you're stepping into yourself, but you're also merging this this new kind of person that nobody, nobody else around you recognizes. I know for me, that has been my path from literally when I was a child as a, as a Filipino American, as first generation Filipino American woman, unraveling just who I was conditioned to be or who I was taught that I needed to become in order to be who I am now. And that has led me down a lot of you know, I guess you could say rebellious natures because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're rebelling against the things that you are told you should be, you're definitely going to be completely disliked because you're doing something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. And the more and more you step into your most authentic self, you lose people around you, not only just friendships, relationships, but I know for myself, as I've become more, more centered and more aligned in who I am, I've also lost an audience. Mm-hmm. They knew yeah. me as, you know, go fit Joe fitness, working on her body and really kind of aligning in that. And now here I am recognizing that the reason why my 
my disconnect with my body was because I wasn't healing the parts of my, my sexuality. And so here I am now kind of stepping into that light, but also losing some of my audience from that. And I know you've yeah. experienced that same kind of path. So yeah. how has that like been for you to step into your most authentic self and then also feel like, oh, wait, where's the community around me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an experience of on one level, total peace. Like the soul is just happy to be walking in step with herself, you know, I think at the end of the day, what we all really want is to feel that sense of integrity deep within us that we're doing the thing that we came here to do. We're showing up in the way that is most honoring to our soul. And so that is a deep level of peace and it allows me to go to bed at night and sleep well and wake up excited for my day. But then the other side of it is just the woman, like the wounded, little girl who so badly wants to be seen and understood, wants to be celebrated and heard and um, cheered on and encouraged. And so it's been a process of learning how to hold myself and, and really continuing to come back to soul. And when I feel really hurt, um, unsure, um, upset, angry, resentful at the world, you know, <laughs> like I've been there, I've been there. Um, I come back, I just do a practice to slow down, connect to my soul and just remember that this is what it's about. This is what it's about. This, And I love this idea that we're all here to have a love affair with our soul, that there is a beloved within us. And do you remember when you first fall in love and how your world is just so centered around that person and it's like the honeymoon phase where whatever they want to do, you want to be doing. You don't care what you eat. You don't care what restaurant you go to. You're just so into being with them. And if we can feel that sense of just in loveness, belovedness with our soul, it's like the whole world could be against us. But we know we're, we're aligning with the most important thing and we're, we're good. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it's easy to talk about that when you're not being triggered, but definitely in the moment of being triggered when you're seeing, um, you know, I've experienced waves of this, but it's like the closer I come to feeling in my alignment, then there's like the loss of approval from the outside. And I experienced that the first wave because I was a Christian yoga instructor and I had a big YouTube following and that was like my first platform and people loved it they loved the classes that I was offering and it was very very much Christian and then when I started going into sexuality work there was a loss and every single time I make a shift or a pivot there's a loss but um yeah like I it's a practice of learning how to hold yourself and, and also finding your tribe so early on, I kind of got this download from my spirit, or from the spirit, who knows? <laughs> it was a pretty powerful download. And um, it, the words were, seek to serve, not to be understood. And so on a soul level, I'm just doing this for myself because I love playing in this, in this way and discovering new things about myself and, and learning a ton. But the reason why I'm on Instagram is to serve. Like, I don't need social media to be with my soul, you know? And so the reason, it's like getting clear on why you're showing up in these spaces. Like, why are you on Instagram? Why are you on Facebook? Why are you on YouTube? And getting really, really clear on that. 
And then um, it's, it's a way to be devoted to a bigger purpose. And then when the triggers come up, it's okay. It's okay. I know how to hold space for the wounded part of me that just wants to belong, just wants to be loved and seen and understood. But I know I don't have to get it from Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder. I have to keep reminding myself because when it hurts, it hurts. And um, yeah, so more, we can talk a lot more on that. But back to sovereignty. The purpose of sovereignty is presence. This is what I feel. Um, the purpose of sovereignty isn't to walk around um, feeling like you're better than anybody or, you know, on a high horse. No, 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 no. That's not real sovereignty. Real sovereignty is presence. And a woman's power is her presence. Your presence is your power. Like nothing else. And so that's the, that's the work. It's just whatever we can do to keep coming back to this present moment, to hold ourselves in this present moment. And then when the triggers come, Okay, there's another layer of me. There's another part of me that needs to be worked on. How can I approve of myself? How can I be so, so aligned and so, so clear on who I am that I feel 100% in integrity with how I'm showing up online? And it's always a good check. It's always a good check, especially for those of us who have a business online and we feel the pressure of continuing to show up to be front and center so that people don't forget about us. We can it's pretty easy to go down a route of posting just because we think we should. And so I'm, something I've noticed for myself is that when I lose followers and I'm posting because I think I should, there's an ick feeling inside of me because mm. there's something not in alignment. But when I lose followers because I'm posting something that I know is coming from my, like, my soul, like, I'm at peace with that. I'm good with that. Yeah, that's yeah. such a beautiful reminder. For like anyone who's listening, I mean, even those who are not, you know, not content creators, even those who are not running their businesses, because I've seen it in friends who are scrambling around and like, oh my God, should I post this today? And it's like, do you want to? Does it feel good to you? Like, what's the purpose of it? I mean, if it, if it feels good to you, awesome. If it's just for the likes or the follows, like, then, then what's, what's the point? You're missing the what's purpose of being in your fullest self-expression. <laughs> I'd be really curious to hear if you guys have had the experience ever of really feeling in alignment with yourself, but it not being matched on the outside. Have you ever had it happen where you're posting your truth, but it was kind of crickets? Oh yeah. Oh, I told oh, you, I had a recent one. I told you about this, Morgan, actually. It was um, just at the end of last year. I had this like brilliant divine download to call in everyone's sacred slut. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to start a school and invite women to come in and get in touch with their slutty sides. And people were freaked out. They did not receive it with as much enthusiasm as I thought they were going to. <laughs> I was kind of like, I'm carefully explaining this. I'm explaining what I mean by slut. I'm like redefining the terms, doing all the stuff, holding the hands. And only like two brave women showed up and were like, we are ready to be sluts with you. And I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and it was freaking great. Like it was really amazing. But at the same time, like I felt so on fire and I was like, yes, this is the thing. Like, this is exactly it. What everyone needs to be doing. And like, nobody was ready. Like nobody else. Yeah. They were like, Nope, we don't want to associate with that or be called that. Or yeah. we can't think of ourselves that way. Like we're not there. We can't do it. It's even like hard too, because you know, being, being a woman of color, we don't really talk about sex very much, especially Asian American women. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you start talking about sexuality or things like that, it's either crickets on the public front, but the interesting thing that I've gotten is that it's 
DMs like crazy yes. on the back end. <laughs> and what is interesting to me is just like, wow, you know, here we are trying to be courageous enough to talk about something that is sticky, something that that oftentimes people just are really unsure how to think about it yet. Like, you know, you think about talking about sexuality and they're like, oh, I want to know more, but I'm not sure who's going to see me wanting to know more about this. So even them, there's like a little mm. bit of shame around that. But in the DMs, it's like, let me ask you more. Let me, let me dig, dig in a little bit deeper. So that's the things that I've also experienced, which I thought was just kind of a weird thing. And I try to bring it back to the public post because it's like, you know, you're not alone having these questions. There's other people who have these thoughts about their sexuality, their relationships, and, and wanting to kind of dig in deeper to understand themselves on this level. So that's like a, it's, that's an interesting thing. Like we're still hiding. We're still hiding underneath the sheets. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so much of sexuality is actually about self-expression. Yeah. So what I discovered in just the years of coaching women in sexuality it's actually really quick to connect a woman back to her sexual power because it's already innate in her. It's her inner resource and her honeypot. So it's actually pretty simple to get her back there. But the real thing is about safety and self-expression. So I, I just have this thing that I tell everyone. It's like, actually, you don't have a sexuality issue. You have a self-expression issue. Mm -hmm. And I bet you, like, you're not fully showing up in these other areas of life too. And so it's not just about sex. It's not just like this shadow piece of your life that's the only thing where you're not fully self-expressed. It's actually, um, that's, that's, as my husband likes to say, like the, the warning sign on the dashboard, but it's an indication of something like other, under, going on underneath the hood, a lot more going on under the hood. Mm -hmm. And so it's really beautiful as a way to, as a doorway in, because once a woman comes back and reclaims her sexuality, then so much more becomes possible. Mm -hmm. And one of the examples and diagrams I give women is like this triangle of sex, God, and money. And all of these as energy and understanding each one as this, this has a certain power because it's energy. And so usually it's like through one of those doors that a woman begins to reclaim her sense of sovereignty, her sense of womanhood. Maybe it's through success and she's achieved a level of success and then she works through her sexuality or spirituality. Or maybe she begins deconstruction and she goes through a process of reclaiming her spiritual life for herself, owning what spirituality means to her. And then she begins the work of reclaiming her sexuality. But I find that like in the end, we're meant to reclaim all of it. You know, this real powerful sense of our spirituality, our sexuality and freedom, and then also success and money and how we align what we're here to do with how we earn and also you know, releasing the glass ceiling on what's possible and really understanding what success means to us too, but not shying away from the fact that success and money, there's a tie there for a lot of women. Shadow stuff, you know, around sexuality and receiving, like allowing ourselves to receive pleasure and the things that we would, we tend to give the good stuff away before we fully nourished ourselves with it first and so we like give our all our pleasure away give all our time and the same goes for our our resources the thing that we're here to do we undercharge or we, uh, we give it away we don't become our own best client like that's one thing I always like, tell myself I gotta be my own best client I gotta use the method on myself before I just give it to other women and and it's that remembrance that um, in a way how we do anything is how we do everything 
So coming back to presence again, it's like our, it's like our home base, coming back to presence, coming back to sovereignty and then navigating from there. I want to give everyone a second to like put their hand on their chest and let that sink in. And then I'm going to back up and I'm going to grab a piece. I'm going to take us down a twisty path. So (laughs) take, take a moment. All right. Twisty path. Here we go. So speaking of, um, you know, sovereignty, autonomy, especially, you know, for women connecting to their own sexuality, their own sense of belonging and pleasure first before giving it anywhere else, before giving it to a partner. I wanted to get into the nitty gritty with you about what sexual sovereignty or sensual sovereignty looks like in your dynamic with Ron, because we, um, Ron and I chatted the last time he was on the podcast. It's a family affair, you guys. And we were just kind of talking about, you know, like erotic energy play and like different boundaries that you can set within your own relationship and some of the fun things that you guys do. But I had a friend not very long ago, she was here and I had posted something that's very common for me to post. And she was like, Oh my God, my boyfriend would like lose his shit if I posted something like that. And I was like, Oh, well, Mike doesn't get to decide what I post on Instagram. (laughs) Like that's, that is not his journey. That's my journey. He's my husband. And like, you know, there are certain things that are sacred to our relationship, but the way that I express creatively, the way that I carry out my business, all of that stuff, like he doesn't really have a say in that. And there's nuance, of course, but I'm just curious kind of what that conversation, what that path, what that dynamic and evolution has looked like for you and your husband, since you are so public and you're a photographer and you're stunning and there's a lot of you on the internet (laughs) (laughs) in the best way. (laughs) Um, He's interestingly, when we met, I was getting my master's degree in Eastern philosophy and a fun side project I was doing at the time was these portraits of women, sexy portraits of women. And um, so he's known me as someone who loves self-expression and the creative side of self-expression around photography and using it as a form of Uh, really making a statement around womanhood. He's known me as that from the very beginning. And so he kind of knew what he was getting into, I think. Um, There's just no way that anyone could take that away from me. Um, But I mean, there's certainly things we've bumped up against. Like, you know, I take certain sexy selfies for him and have sent it to him. And then if I end up posting something like that on Instagram, he feels a little jealous. Mm. He's like, I thought that was just for me. I'm like, well, <laughs> you're like, well, the slightly not as good one was. I sent that yeah. one to you. Yeah, <laughs> put the better one on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you got the unedited raw version. Yeah, of me. Like, you got the nip slip. Version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, baby, you get this in real life. Yes. Yeah. you get to bed this every night. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, part of it also is like I when I'm doing sexy selfies, I'm in a character. I love embodying different archetypes and I love teaching women how to tap into and embody the different archetypes as a way of expanding their own identity and seeing themselves in new ways. And so that's the heart and soul of Heal Your Gaze is really taking women through this journey of these six core archetypes and learning how to use that pattern of consciousness, tap into it, and then take some sexy selfies as that character, as that archetype. And what that does is it, it just releases you from this 
fusion from with an old identity. And that's the power of an image, is that when you see yourself, when you see yourself looking not anything like your old identity, you can't unsee that. And so that is a strong message to the unconscious mind, the mythic mind, that there are so many ways to show up as a woman. And so many women that I've worked with, they just feel so uh, confined and entrapped by this old identity. And I've been there myself, and it's so easy to feel that, um, feel so stuck by the way other people see us. But we can take the power back. And one of the most powerful things we can do is like literally use our cell phones and get really good at, at fun, sexy selfies because it's doing so much more than we think it is. It's not just um, about liking how we look. I mean, there's a lot of healing that can be done around self-approval and loving your body as it is, but it's also about releasing ourselves from a fusion with only one identity that isn't even the truth. Like it isn't the truth. Like we are pure presence. Our soul is pure presence, but we get locked into these duties and roles and past conditioning. And that's what we're all longing to be liberated from. Mm, yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm in a non-monogamous relationship and I'm non-monogamous. And so we've had this conversation, my partner and I have had this conversation quite a bit of just like, what does it mean to sexually express yourself? And then also to rise above the jealousy, to become bigger than that a little bit. Because there's always, in a non-monogamous relationship, I mean, you, are, you, you, ha you work with the understanding that there's gonna be attraction or there's gonna be a possibility or an opportunity where you might want to explore your sexual expression with somebody else. And so for us in that dynamic, we have to really kind of work through um, not only like our insecurities, the shadows, but to rise above knowing that the relationship that we're creating, the container that we're creating is, is an entity of its own and that it's a sacred place for us to be able to feel safe in while we're still exploring our beautiful self-expression, while we're still out there in the world, being able to express ourselves with whomever we, we desire to even in that moment. Mm. That's and, powerful yeah. inner work. That's yeah. powerful, powerful. Well, and that's something not everyone's ready for it, but it's, no. But that's no. something that everyone that everyone can benefit from, no matter mm -hmm. what formation of of couple or romantic relationship yeah. you happen to be in. It's all about that that the sovereignty is one of like that, that sense of belonging to yourself is part of it. And then the other part of it is that open communication and building trust. And like, I can sit here and say very like, Oh, well, my husband doesn't get to tell me what to do. Well, that's because I consciously chose someone to be partnered with who is capable of having those conversations with me, who is capable mm -hmm. of hearing what I have to say and of seeing who I am and understanding that this is who I am and this is how I express and being able to keep their, their hands open, so to speak, and not like clasping onto me and trying to be possessive of me because the person mm -hmm. that I am and the way that I work would not work in a relationship like that. And so mm -hmm. I think it's important to note that you know, this is all only possible when you are able to mm -hmm. create that safety that we've been talking yeah. about, like within your body and then also within the container of your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it takes also both, both parties being sovereign humans, mm -hmm. right? And that yeah. I think is the, the work that, that is the most important part is, and you said it earlier about, you know, your relationship within you and Ron, like you guys have really worked hard to create this sense of sovereignty as individuals. Yeah. And, and this is what I want everyone to know who's listening is that as you're working this out in your intimate relationships and also with yourself, it's okay to make 
mistakes. And I'm using air quotes on purpose because <laughs> what the world calls mistakes may be exactly the right path for your soul and exactly the way that you're meant to learn whatever you're meant to learn. And so I believe that we're all here to learn some things and we don't learn by doing it perfectly. We don't learn by having it all figured out. And so I know for me on my journey of sexual sovereignty, there was a year of real out there bodacious energy, like, and, <laughs> you know, and um, I needed to go there yeah. and it was a really important part. And I see now how some of the, you know, mistakes that I made or missteps or loss of trust with my husband had, I was seeking self-initiation. And so, you know, so tired of this idea that a woman belongs to her husband, Mm, a woman belongs to a man. And so I was very, very like passionate, passionate about not, not adhering to that anymore. Yeah. You know, still within a monogamous relationship, but really, really clear. Like to the point where it hurt his feelings. Yeah. You're like, I'm not asking permission. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But I was just like, no, this is so important, not just for me personally, but just as a statement. I feel like right now in our time, like I do not belong to a husband. That is so old. That is so for me, is this at least where I, where I was at. And so, you know, kind of like a teenager and I was in that stage of expression where I was more rebellious and more concerned with how I felt rather than how he was feeling. Mm. And, and that's just part of the journey of learning how to own yourself and hone yourself and, and really be aware of your own energy and how it's affecting someone else's. But I couldn't get to where I am now without making, being a little messy. Yeah. It was part of your reclamation path. I mean, that was a a piece of getting to where you are now, which you, I mean, now when we chatted last year, uh, a lot, a lot of stuff has changed since then you guys. Um, (laughs) I actually decided to enter into a mentorship relationship with Morgan officially and like super, super O capital O officially. And I'm being certified in her specialized um, method, the feminine wholeness method trademark. Yeah. Trademark, yeah. trademark pending. It's happened. There's a TM, <laughs> yeah. There's a TM yeah. next to it, guys. Yeah. It's like really official. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's been incredible to witness you in that capacity, mm-hmm. which is different than the other ways that I had um, collaborated with and and been around you before. And you're you're not stopping there. You kind of like you have the the Embody Academy, which is part of what the coaches are going through with our certification that we're doing. And then you had like this huge download that it was supposed to be something so much bigger than that. And the school was born. Like, can you tell yeah. us kind of about that and like what happened? <laughs> like, this yeah. is, so, yeah, it's really exciting. Too. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So I love learning and I've been on this journey for 20 plus years and I've gone down so many avenues, just learning all the tools, you know, through yoga and breath work and energy healing and deep feminine psychology and contemplative Christianity and hypnotherapy. I just wanted it all. And so, uh, and I also was really curious about what is the underlying story? What does it really take to experience deep metamorphosis? And I use that metaphor on purpose because there's like, transformation is almost like it's, um, For me, it's like we're transforming into something else, but I really do believe that metamorphosis is a better metaphor in this for women because we're always meant to be fully self-expressed, 
living from our wholeness. And so I love that metaphor of the, the butterfly, that the butterfly was always in the caterpillar. And the caterpillar like goes through its experience and journey into the chrysalis so that it can become the butterfly. So it's all together. And so for me, like putting together all the tools, I had this light bulb moment where I was like, it's all so simple. Like it's the honeypot part and head, these three ways of knowing that when a woman can begin to recognize when she goes into a trance, and a trance like, is an experience of being super fused with one particular identity. And you notice it most of the time when you feel like a child, when you feel like you're 14 or six years old. That's kind of a clear indication that you're probably in some sort of a trance. And to wake up from that trance and be reconnected with the resources that are already within you, resources that you know we learn through trauma yoga, we learn through breath work, we learn through uh, coaching the unconscious mind, and hypnotherapy. We learn through prayer and contemplative Christianity. So I learned all these tools that some of them were really focused on the head's way of knowing, you know, visualization, self-hypnosis, meditation. Some of it was really focused on more of the honeypot, like the embodiment tools, the trauma healing, completing the stress cycle, self-pleasure. And then some of it was more soulful and mystical. And so I was like, what if I created a method where someone could get 20 plus years of experience, you know, in a really simple way that she could have something for herself that she could do every single day. That was like an exercise for her wholeness. So we have like, you know, we're used to going for a run or doing our workouts to work out our body and to burn calories if that's our goal. But I think now we're ready for something deeper than that, where we're ready for an exercise that helps us, uh, hone our wholeness. And so really the feminine wholeness method is designed as a daily practice. It's something you can do to align your head, heart, and honeypot. And then it's also a bigger arc, a journey of reclaiming all of it. So we, it's a journey through seven energy centers that have been with us for thousands of years. Several wisdom traditions talk about these energy centers. And so I've just really just tried my best to synthesize the 20 plus years of experience and training and create a journey for women that makes sense for the modern woman. And it, it's like a one-stop shop. <laughs> like, here you go. Like, you want to reclaim it all? Like, so my, my, my women are really called not just to hone in on their sexuality or their spirituality or their business, but it's really like they're at the place where they want it all. They want to reclaim it all. They know how it's all connected. They don't want to compartmentalize their life. And they just want something they can do to be empowered. That from here on out, they'll have the tools. They know how to find their way back home on these three levels. And so there's so many layers to our consciousness. But if we can just like get aligned, head, heart, and honeypot, there is an amazing sense of sovereignty that opens up. That deep sense of alignment that I felt that then totally transformed my my world. And so the journey is first like getting that energy clear on the inside and then becoming an energetic match for the things that you desire. And it's, it's really that simple, like to get super, super aligned, head, heart, and honeypot ways of knowing so that you can direct your creative energy to be, do, and have the things that you want in this world. And I know something that is really important to you, Morgan, is community. And I would just kind of love to hear like how your 
desire you've spoken, you know, with, with us in your pod, just kind of about your deepest desire for community. And like, how does that fit into this vision for the, the school of feminine wholeness? Yeah. So the school has three paths and then there's even more you can do. And so one track is just four months to become a practitioner. So you're learning the feminist wellness method for yourself to incorporate into your own life. Um, or you're maybe you're already a coach or a spiritual director or a therapist, and you want to learn the tools to help your clients experience metamorphosis. So there's that track. And then there's the nine month track, which is the full on Embody Academy, which is like the highest level feminine mastermind with me where you get direct coaching with me. And then there's a year-long path for those who want to do what I do and become certified feminine wholeness coaches. And then after that, after the Embody Academy or after the year-long, there's um, the Sophia Collective, which is the alumni program. And so I really wanted to create a space where we could grow old together. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, I was like, who are my people I'm growing old with? Because like, not long ago, it's, it's been a long time now, but in some ways it doesn't feel like a long time ago. We were leading house churches and having people and having growing, doing life with the same people every week. And that sense of community of doing life with the same people every single week is something I desired. But then when we left the church and, and no longer had a church home, there was this gap that opened up and this longing for community for a couple of years for my husband and I. And then just a few months ago, I had this realization that the thing that I've been looking for is actually right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's the people, it's the women that I spend every single week with and I spend the best hours of my day with. These are my community and I am their community and we are each other's community. And so instead of a course that you do like, you know, you spend eight weeks on or 12 weeks on or it gathers digital dust, you know, on your laptop. Like I, I have a vision to create a home for women to come home to themselves. And then that's, as we're doing that, as we're coming home to ourselves and reclaiming our wholeness, reclaiming it all, sex, God, and money, we're actually creating a new kind of womanhood. Mm. That there's a power that when we're doing our individual work, and there's also a space for us to belong in community, like, that is powerful. Like the, the vision I have in my head is like a new, like, comic book series like where each of us have our superpowers and we're all celebrated and um, we, we get to cheer each other on and benefit from each other's gifts. And there's a real sense of camaraderie and encouragement instead of comparison or critique. And that's something that I've longed for and I have never found. And so I'm creating it. Mm-hmm. While we're all wearing leather bustiers. Yes. <laughs> and our crowns. And our, and our crowns. crowns of light. And our crowns and of light. <laughs> Do you think that the School of Feminine Wholeness will ever be a physical place in the desert, maybe? Um, it will be probably in the Mediterranean. <laughs> Mediterranean. And a villa in Italy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. What is, yeah. What I actually have an incantation is one of the fun practices I teach the women in the practitioner program and the Embody Academy around this, the fifth gate, so your voice. And we can create our own fun incantations. And one of the most fun ways to do that is actually to create a um, reality in another language, like the thing that you desire. And so sometimes it's hard to connect to these big dreams because just saying the words out loud feels intimidating. Like, I want to own a villa in Italy. But when you can 
speak it in Italian, it becomes this magical, whimsical thing that it's, it's trained your unconscious mind that it's safe and it's fun and it's playful to go after these big dreams. And so mm-hmm. would you like to hear my incantation? I for would the, love to hear it. Okay. Because yes. one day maybe there will be like a physical space for the School of Feminine Wholeness. There'll definitely be a retreat center so we can all hang out on these beautiful retreats. But okay, here it is. Let's have it. <laughs> Bienvenido a la mia bella villa meridionale. Questa stupenda casa ho pagata con cantanti bei. Sono ferissima. Prego, entrata pure. Oh, brava, brava, <laughs> mama. Now let me translate. Said, I got prego. Yeah, the- There's, so we're going to eat pasta out of a <laughs> jar? <and laughs> Not quite. Just so. Kidding. It's, it says, welcome to my beautiful Mediterranean villa, this amazing house I paid with beautiful cash. Mm, yes. <laughs> I am so proud of myself. Please come inside. Oh my God. That's fucking good. Joe, we need to make one That's of those. Amazing. We got to make one. I actually started working on one a while ago, but my French is really rusty. So I'm still, still playing with that. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know if Tagalog would sound as beautiful as that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to work on that. Well, <laughs> Sounds weird in a romance language, but <laughs> we'll just make our own. Yeah, you just make your own. You just make up your the own. words and it's like your heart knows what it's after. Your heart knows what it's like. It knows what you mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if your grammar is poor, your heart knows what you mean. Oh, I mean, God. speaking in tongues, right? Like that's like the prayers of our heart. And so just whatever we can do to make it playful and fun and to to help create this portal of possibility yeah because for so many women we feel so shut down around our soulful ambitions around our biggest dreams that we almost feel embarrassed that we are dreaming that big Mm -hmm. and who are we to think we could ever have such a thing who who am i to think i could ever pay for an italian villa in cash but who are you, know, you not? Yeah, but who are you yeah. not to? Who are you not to? <laughs> Thank you, Marianne. This is the work of learning how to feel safe enough. And this is why I love the approach that I, I really encourage the women who are becoming feminine wholeness method coaches. Like this is the approach that we take. Playful equals powerful. Because yeah. healing doesn't have to be hard. We do our shadow work. Yes, it's really, really important to address the shadow work. But we can make it also very, very fun and playful as we go. And I resonate with that so much, which is why I invested in learning the method and being under your mentorship. And you guys, I use a lot more F-bombs than Morgan, but like everything she's talking about, that is, that is what we're playing with. <laughs> this is what I love so much. This is like my vision for it. Cause like, I do believe everyone is so uniquely designed. Like your feminine wholeness is uniquely yours, Kristen, your feminine wholeness show is uniquely yours. And so I want to just just kind of set loose the method into all of your hands. And so you're going to, you're going to weave it with your magical ways and you're going to make it your, your own. And that's the idea. Like there's a woman who wants to take it to women who have been rescued out of sex slavery. There's Mm -hmm. another woman who wants to take the method and, and serve women in postpartum depression. And so there's so many ways you can use the method to serve whoever you're called to and do it in your unique way. So when you have like a round coming up, like a brand new, the, the school of feminine wholeness, like this iteration of it is, this is the first time, right? This is the first one. When is this happening? It's really soon, right? Yes. It's really soon. And this is a really special year because it is the first year. And so you're invited to do any one of those tracks. So the practitioner method, which is a four month track or the embody Academy, which is a nine month track 
or the full on year mentorship to become a certified coach. And all of those begin in March. And next year in 2022, there's gonna be a prerequisite. And so before you can do the Embody Academy, you'll have to have completed the practitioner training. Before you do the year long, you'll have to completed the Embody Academy. And so it's, it's meant because as this grows, I won't be able to give as much one-on-one -on -one attention to the Embody Academy ladies or the women in the year long, but right now I am because it's still small. Like there's, there's only 30 women in the practitioner program, only 10 women in the year long and only 13 women in the Embody Academy. So I'm able to give so much of my presence to, to the, the women in the Embody Academy and the year long. Mm. Yeah. So if you guys are listening and you're feeling called to this work for yourself or even um, as a potential career, like maybe you've been thinking about getting into the sexuality intersectional space and you, you know, feel drawn to Morgan and to Morgan's work and to the feminine wholeness method, then this is an amazing, amazing opportunity. And I can say, you know, firsthand just how enlightening it has been and how nourishing it has been to be in the container that Morgan has created. And I know I shared this in uh, via a, a written testimony, but I was, I really, really mean it. And so it's important for me to share with you guys that when I started the certification, I wanted it to further my own business. I wanted it for my own knowledge. I also love to learn. I'm a nerd. I've admired Morgan for so long and I wanted access to all of the shit she knows. So I was like, I want to know all this stuff that she spent 20 years getting and I don't really want to spend 20 years getting it. So like, I want to get like, how do I get in there and do that? And like, that was part of it. But I, you know, I'm thinking all those things and I'm like, yeah, go, this is the perfect time. And then I was like, oh, I just had a baby and she's like really small. And I like also have a fledgling podcast and I, it's also a pandemic out there. There's like a lot going on and it, <laughs> quickly, I was like, did I make a mistake? Like, was this not the right time to get into an intensive training? And I, if it were any other program, I don't think that I would have finished. Like, I don't think that I would finish. And the fact that Morgan was able to hold the space just for me and my life where I, where I was and where I am and just kind of continue guiding and supporting wherever I was able to be like physically, emotionally, et cetera, from day to day, week to week. Um, I just can't speak enough to the leadership and the mentorship and the nourishment. Mm -hmm. So I want you guys to know that if you're thinking about it, that's a really important thing to take into consideration when you're about to invest like big girl time and money into a program. Like you need to know mm -hmm. how you're going to be supported and how that person is going to show up for you. Thank you so much, Kristen. Mm -hmm. like, that means a lot. And it's, it's really important to me. Like it's like, I want to be your big sister the big sister that always cheers you on and the big sister that sees you when we're, when you're not fully showing up for yourself and calls you out and be like, no, you're made for this. Let me help you. Let me support you. Cause I think that's really what all of us desire is just someone to see us, to understand us and to mirror back for us, our possibility, our potential, our wholeness. And this is like what I get to do. And I, it's like this feeling of, I'm giving the, I only live once. I'm giving the best hours of my day. Like, let it really count. Like, no one's going to fall through the cracks on my watch. Like, I can meet you. I can give you my presence. I can meet you where you're at. And that's why I keep it small. And in the future, it may not be, I may not have that ability because the, the school will grow. And, but right now, it just feels like a very sweet time, like a sweet, sweet time where I can give the best 
part of my energy to the women that I am coaching and mentoring. So I was so honored. I'm so, so honored to get to work with you, Kristen. Oh man, it's, it's been joy. just a joy to even know you. I mean, I think mm -hmm. Morgan, you also helped to break open and crack open that part of me that was missing for so long, even, even at that retreat space. And even as, as small the time that we spent back in 2017, that helped to crack parts of me open so that I could really expand into who I am now. So you were definitely a part of my journey in a big, big way. So thank and look you at that. you now, Joe. Look at the work that you're doing now. Like it's it was crazy. always meant to be. You were always meant to be in this space of sexuality. So yeah, I'm sure. honored to have been a tiny little breadcrumb on that path. <laughs> you were the girl with the champagne in, in the airport. Okay, that's right. It wasn't breadcrumbs. Yeah. It was champagne. It was better than a breadcrumb. It was better, better than a breadcrumb. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh God. Everything was just so juicy. And one of the things that we love to do on the show are we've been trying out actually. Speaking of we just started it. We just started it. Um, we've been trying some, <laughs> we've been drawing some fun conversation cards and you know, where we always like wrap up the show with some questions that we all answer. Um, and so I'd love to ask you, what would be something others would never guess about you just by looking at you, Morgan? Um, my lung collapsed. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's, and yeah. maybe that's why I love breath work so much is that when I was 15, my lung collapsed and um, it was a spontaneous pneumothorax for those medical folks listening. Mm -hmm. And I spent um, a week in the hospital. It never closed. And so they put a staple into it. And um, I've always struggled with like taking a deep breath and, um, that feeling of being able to breathe deeply. And um, so, yeah, that's wow. something really cool. I do have a scar uh, that you can see in between my, um, underneath my armpit, in between my rib cage, because they had to like literally not even put me out, but just do a tiny bit of local anesthetic and then shove mm -hmm. a hose into my ribs, through my ribs too. <laughs> yeah. Some Grey's Anatomy shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope that wasn't too much for people. I mean, no, I don't think so. There's, I mean, there's nothing, nothing's we, confidential. Yeah. yeah there's no such thing as TMI on this show. <laughs> that was a good one. Do you have another one? That one was like quick and efficient. I was expecting it to... <laughs> So my, I mean, not like you could do better than a collapsed organ. I just, uh, um, I'm just I like, what, I'm just like, what else do you have in there? <laughs> no, like what do people wouldn't guess about me? Yeah. What would some, what would be like hidden talents or like weird quirks that people aren't going to know about on Instagram? <laughs> I have a very good sense of direction. Oh, like you want me with you if we're, if you're lost, lost in, the woods. in the desert. Oh, yeah. Lost, lost in the woods, desert. lost okay. in the desert. Like I am like, my husband calls me like I'm the homing pigeon. Nice. I always know it. I don't know north, south, east, and west per se, but I always know how to how to. You get can us find your way back to where you came from. Mm -hmm. huh. It's like this embodied sense of like mm. where we need to go. Yeah, look at that. Look at that intuition. She is living. <laughs> she is. She practices what she preaches. Guys, her body is a transmitter, a total transmitter yeah. and receiver. But yes. the, I don't know. I can't tell you how far something is for the life of me. To this yeah. day, like, like, how far distance away is measurement like, is different. Uh. Yeah, that's distance <laughs> measurement. That's totally different than direction. Um, that's an impressive right. skill to have. An impressive skill. Joe, what about you? What is something that nobody would what is that? That they wouldn't guess just They wouldn't guess just by looking at me. You know, yeah. it's funny because I feel like 
<laughs> like, I feel like most Filipino Americans or most Filipinos, like they either play an instrument, sing, or have some kind of musical talent. I have none whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> whatsoever like I can't play piano I don't know how to play guitar I have an interest but then I go what about my nails <laughs> like, I'm just like no thank you no thank you I appreciate music but I can't play an instrument to save my life mm. but your nails are always on point Joe that's one thing right now pandemic nails no your nails I have pandemic to be over so I can actually get about? some nails no, your nails look awesome what about you, Kristen? What's something that somebody would never guess about you just by looking at you? I'm really nice. I'm like really nice, actually. Uh, I've been told that I have resting bitch face and I have like best friends who years later admitted to me that when they met me, they were like, we didn't know. Like we thought you were like not, you wouldn't be nice or cool. And like, I'm actually very, very nice. Like once you, <laughs> like, once you get over the initial, <laughs> like real nice. I love how you whisper that as if it's like a secret. Like, and I, nice. Don't tell. Well, I have street cred to think about. Yeah, I have, I have street cred to think about. So, you know, we got to work on that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think I'm like nicer and like sillier than I come across sometimes because I, I have definite modes. I have like mama bear, get shit done, take care of stuff, don't fuck with Kristen mode. And it can be hard for me to come out of that. But I'm like a really silly, kind, warm person. Yeah. So no, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> How do you think people perceive you? Mm. Yeah. I mean, question. No, I that's think... what I thought Joe pulled when she did it. I was like, but I'm a bitch. And then I was like, she goes, no, it's the other side. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> because this is like, how do you answer that question you asked? It's like requires you to have some sense of how people see you. And I find yes. that like very, very challenging. Yeah. So I'm curious, okay. how do you think people perceive you? Yeah. You know, I think it's funny, like people think I have all my shit together. And the reality is like, I feel like I'm, I like to always like tell people I'm a fucking duck or like a swan, like on the <laughs> surface level, they look like they're, they're going super gracefully through life and over water, but underneath their like legs and are like paddling like crazy. <laughs> and so, you know, it's funny when I talk to astrologers about that, they're like, oh, that's because that's because you're rising as a Libra. And so everybody thinks like you've got your shit together, but the reality is it's like, I'm, I'm just flailing around like everybody else. Wow, that's so cool. Thanks for sharing that, Joe. Yeah, of course. What, what about you, Kristen? Mm, I, I just, I feel like I'm a mixed bag. I feel like I get a really mixed reaction. I'm like a 50-50. People either meet me and they're like, yes, queen. And they think I'm like the coolest, which that is something that I have not, this sounds like a backdoor brag, but it's really not. Like I have had people who their reaction to me is like, they think I'm really cool. And I'm like, why do you think I'm, why do you think that? You know, they're like, oh my God, you're so cool. And I'm like, I am. I mean, of course, of course I am. Like totally, I'm totally cool. And it's like, um, no, I definitely dropped like a fork full of salad and ate it off of the floor just like five minutes ago. Um, so like, that's always interesting to me when people think I'm like a cool girl and I'm like, I don't know where you got that from, but thanks. Um, and then the other one is just, I think it's just the direct opposite of my other one. People like tend to think that I'm like cold, kind of bitchy, kind of like a mean girl when they first meet me. And I'm not sure how much of that is like my projection or their projection. I think mm -hmm. more so now it's their projection used to 
I definitely was unconsciously like that was my protective barrier because I mm-hmm. am a very tender, loving, like soft hearted person. And I had like solid armor going and mean girl was like how I kept from being rejected first. That's like how I dealt with that. Um, but now I definitely think it's a projection cause I'm super aware of that shit and I've worked on it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Morgan? How do you think people perceive you? Oh, this is like one I struggle with, but I, I, based on the or what do they tell you in your dms comments, right? they tell me, like, i'll give a funny thing it's like man when i first came to your page like my friend recommended you on instagram but i went there and i'm like oh geez this woman's really into herself like she's really like she's so into herself look at all these selfies this is like but then i watch your stories and you're such a goofball <laughs> so i think it's like maybe yeah the there's this, I go through phases of like what I post on Instagram. And so sometimes there's a phase of like a lot of serious, sexy faces. Mm-hmm. And I think if someone lands on my account there, they'll be like, wow, she really takes herself seriously <laughs> and wants to present this like very yeah. sexual side. Um, but then once people see my stories or it's like, yeah, she's pretty raw and goofy and, um, yeah, all of it. So I don't know how people yeah. perceive because I'm kind of always shape shifting. Yeah, too. they clearly haven't seen you walking around in a pink wig with two different shoes on. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just scroll up or scroll down a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I love though about the idea of this like new kind of womanhood. It's, it's just it's literally like the concept of permission granted. It's whatever you say. It's whatever you the hell say. you want, right? Yes. And, yes. and it's like. Oh, <laughs> can we just finally breathe a little bit? Can we just take the bras off for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Take the bras off of your fake tits or your all natural tits or your like no tits, like whatever, whatever kind of tits you want. Like just have whatever tits you want. Do your work. Like just do your own soul work and have whatever tits you want. Okay. No, because like this space, the space that you guys are creating, the space that we have here together, it's so sacred because we do, we, like I feel it. Like you give me all the permission in the world to, experiment and try on different ways of showing up as a woman. And I think that's so valuable. If we could just give it to all women everywhere, like, yes, like this is a safe place for you to try on different ways of relating to yourself, relating to your body, relating to your sexuality, relating to your womanhood. And, and how fun it would be if we could all be like eight years old again, playing dress up at each other's houses and just like, be superheroes one day, be lawyers the next, like be like, you know, uh, pole dancing instructors (laughs) (laughs) or pole dancers. Well, I mean, and even just with the stuff I shared about myself, it's like, yeah, I am like warm and kind and funny and whatever, but like, also I can, I can be a bitch who's super in my power and I don't take shit from anybody. And like, I can turn that Mm -hmm. on when I want to and when I need to. And like, we all like all these different sides of it. They're all us. It's not either or it's like Mm -hmm. this and and. I'm like, I'm this and (laughs) I'm this like, I, yeah, I'm all of those things. I'm your perception and my perception. I'm literally all of it. so fun that way and that's what we just want to have fun right like girls just want to have fun yeah it's pretty much that (laughs) that was a good that was a good reverse question look at morgan morgan is the um unofficial third co-host of (laughs) (laughs) so one day we're gonna have like six co-hosts and we won't be able to have guests because we'll be at our capacity and it's just like a talk show we're gonna be the view but it'll be like the talk or whatever it needs to be a youtube channel like we need to go plan a retreat every year where we just film like 52 episodes yes (laughs) for sure for sure well 
Do we have permission to use this video? Because you look, I don't know what you're talking about earlier, but you look beautiful. And I feel like people oh. need to see all everything, everything that happened yes. today. They need to see yes. it. There was a real yeah. vibrator in her hand that was being used on her face. <laughs> like you guys, you miss the air quotes. Like you need to know when we're being serious, when we're not. Like this is important. So in the in the name of just like vulnerability and like realness, we're just we're gonna this throw this up like, on YouTube eventually. <laughs> This is like, I've been on call since 9am realness. <laughs> she still looks like a freaking goddess. So the hair looks good. Her skin is dewy and youthful and she looks a fab. So <laughs> does that, does that round of questioning feel complete? I think Joe pulled I another so. card. Okay. I mean, right. I think it feels complete. Should we okay. go one more? Do you want to? Well, I, I don't, I like the question that you pulled second, but I kind of want to go back to our like funniest sexual experience I to go and end on a high yeah. note. <laughs> Yeah, we should talk okay, about Morgan. Funniest, funniest you first sexual experience. <laughs> this is like I you kind of gave me a little like is give this me like a heads up. Yeah, and you guys have to like you're gonna have to go first because okay, we'll go first. This is something about me. Like I have no barely any memory of my sexual experiences. My husband has it cataloged. He like yes, has every single time we've ever had yes. sex. And, like, and the dates and like all of that. Yep. Yeah. And you don't. And I'm like, really? When did we do that? And so like, I in general don't have a great memory, okay. <laughs> but I'm so in the present, you know, I'm so yeah. present. Well, that, so, so your orgasms should be good. And that's, that, was, yeah, that is what matters. Great. It's not about <laughs> the story. It's about what you actually experienced. I um, have laughed out loud so many times, like, which is like, sounds the opposite <laughs> of sexy, but I'm just like, no, but it's like really I just heard laughing is release. It yeah. is. Have you ever had that kind of orgasm where it's like, it's literally like it tickles your heart. Like yes. it goes all the way from yes. your cervix up to your heart. And, and you, you just like fucking get the giggles. Yeah. 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 I've had that happen. Yeah. yeah. And your partner's like, did I do some? Yeah. You're like, no, it's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> this is not about you. This is yeah, about actually, you. Actually, this is kind of <laughs> along those lines. Like I will share this because it's like, this is a pretty funny sexual experience. Like, <laughs> um, I was a single mom. This is when Ronnie and I were first getting together and he was visiting me. I was living at home, like in a little mother-in-law apartment at my parents' house. And Luca, oh my God, he'd be so embarrassed. He's 14 now, but. If you ever Don't listen, Luca. This is like an 18 plus podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is an expletive podcast. Yeah, it's an expletive. Oh yes, God. It is. So the day he learned the truth. Okay, so he was like two. And like we I was my bed was next to his crib. And anyway, Ronnie and I, my my future husband, my current husband, was getting it on and it was good. And I had a massive orgasm. And my son pops up from his nap and he goes, Mommy, what happened? He's <laughs> like, oh, you're not sleeping anymore. <laughs> And you're like, oh, you just have like, just like therapy sessions flash before your eyes. And you're just oh like, oh my he God. He was so concerned. He was so concerned. What like, happened? Mommy, what happened? <laughs> oh, it's all good, baby. Mommy's good. Mommy's way good. I mean, that's a pretty good story. That's <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's my story. Oh my God. That's a really good one. Oh, yeah. Joe, do you have one like off the top of your head? I mean, like funny? the only one that I could really think of that was like really funny was this one time um, my ex and I were having sex and this is like in the beginning of our relationship. Um, two of our friends were sleeping over on the ground <laughs> right next to us and we were trying to be so freaking quiet throughout this whole situation. And I just like looking back now, I'm like, fuck, were we like that shitty that we couldn't even just like go to a different room? <laughs> like just to, to like give our friends some privacy or kick them out or something. But it was you just need so it, funny. You need it now. I mean, sometimes you're just like, just give mm -hmm. it to me. And it was just, I remember like every single time they would move, we would like stop. So it's like, 
penis is still in the vagina and you're like, don't, oh my God. don't fucking breathe. Don't do anything. And then they, they, you know, go back to sleep and I'm like, all right, let's continue on. I'm like, man, those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. This oh is, God. that's, yeah. But it's also part of the excitement, right? Like, it is. It's it's the, the, well, cause I'm definitely like an exhibitionist. The, the thrill of like being, like being caught or almost being caught at any moment is like high on my list. But this is, this could bring me to my funny story because my husband, I explained that to him early on in the relationship. I was like, look, this is the thing you need to know about me. Like, I want to like pop around the corner. I want to go in the bathroom at the wedding. I want to go like, I want to be almost caught all the time. Mike's like, babe, I, I hear you. I feel you. I have to tell you that I have very bad luck. Like I am not a lucky person. He's like, and so what's going to happen is we're going to be having like your fantasy moment and we're going to get caught by the police and I'm going to get thrown into jail for indecent exposure. And you're somehow going to get off because you're a normal person and I am an unlucky person. So I will end up in jail. That proved to be true. And the police were involved in one. Um, He he did not go to jail, but there was definitely, I'll just, since I am like mentioning that one, I guess I'll tell that one. Uh, this (laughs) we're, yeah, we gotta know. We got it. This one we'll finish so, since we didn't get to. So we had, been, like, we had been like hanging out at a music festival, like outside drinking, whatever, having a great old time and everything is over. And then it's like, it was like early. We weren't even dating yet. We were pretending like we weren't into each other, but we were like really fucking into each other. And so we were walking around trying to basically get sober so that we could eventually go home. Like we had stopped drinking. The party is over. It's like two in the morning. We're like walking around Nashville in the summer, talking, sweating, drinking water, trying to just like pass the time until we're safe to drive. Get back to the car. And he's like, well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to drive yet. And I was like, well, I'm not ready to drive yet either. And so we start making out in my car. And so it's like now three o'clock in the morning. And we are making out. Things are progressing. He's like coming across the divider, like into my seat. My dress is in all kinds of disarray and hands are all kinds of places. And there is a bang on the window, like a bang on the window. And like my, I mean, my skirt is around my neck and I'm like, oh my God, like there's a bang. And we're like, heart stop. Like, you're like, Ugh. and you like roll. So I'm like shoving my skirt down and he, he rolls down the window. Like he's over on top of me and I like put down my skirt and he rolls down the window and the police are like, the guy's literally, he's so nice. And he's like, sorry, you guys. Like there has been a series of break-ins on this street and we saw motion in the car and we came to check it out. And he was like, please continue on about your business. And he was like, y'all be safe. And we were like, oh, like put the window back up. And the best part is that my car was parked across the street from my friend's house because it was walking distance to the venue. And her husband had been up peeing and he saw it happen like out the window of their house. And so they both texted oh, me yes. the next morning and they were like, so what is going on exactly with this guy that you like, don't like that much. I was like, shit, busted. So I'm married to that guy now and we have a baby. If you like a little bit. <laughs> I, I super like him, just like a tiny bit. So, Is it yeah. a trauma bond? <laughs> I said like the trauma from the, the, the top. No, I door. found it very titillating. I was very excited by it. Yes, mm-hmm. very excited by it. So far, he has never had any like long-term ramifications for my um, kinky shit. So I feel proud of that. As a wife, proud wife moment. I've never sent my husband to jail over my sexual preferences. <laughs> Make that a goal towards like 80, right? you know, keep it spicy, <laughs> keep it novel. Yeah. <laughs> oh my your, goodness. It's going to be one of your deepest desires that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. 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 We should get into deepest, deepest <laughs> desires. 
This is good, ladies. This is juicy okay, stuff. Good. I think yeah. people are like, wait a second, so don't good. end now. You guys are I know. just getting to the good stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. We need to have like an after hours. There needs to be like mm -hmm. a we keep going and we don't release that until like way later. Mm -hmm. Like patrons yeah. can have access yeah. to that Ooh. conversation. That would be really fun. That's smart, yeah. boss lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> Y'all can pay for that. Oh All yeah, right. that's it. The premium. <laughs> Pay-per-view. Mem members only. Okay. Yeah. I'll show you my boobs anytime. Right. <laughs> we, could, we could really get seven figures from this. Like, well, we are like real in debt, like literal like debt, bad debt, bad debt. We were like, should we release a sex tape? Because like we could like put bags over our head. Because when we have sex, it's really, good. really, really good. It's no. really good. <laughs> we've, we've had this conversation. I don't know any couple who really loves each other who hasn't had that conversation. Like, to be honest. I mean, that has we been would it. kill it. Uh, so desires, ladies? <laughs> Soul desires? I am, I am right designers? now 17 minutes late to a kundalini oh, yoga class. Oh, shit. Do you need to go? <laughs> I think it's um, uh, past the point of no return at this point. Oh, okay. We can breath the fire together. We can. We can't use breath the fire. I just. I'm on the last day of my period, though. So mm, okay. I think you're not. When you're bleeding, so. you're not supposed to do breath of fire. Well, the is, that, is that wrong or right? So, it's right. Don't okay. do breath of fire when you're on your period or you're pregnant. pregnant. The point yeah. of Kundalini is to awaken your Shakti. And I would, would say this is what we're doing here, too. Yeah. We, true. <laughs> Energy. So we, we have totally woken up that Shakti. We are. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a woke. It's woke Shakti. <laughs> we woke up some other people's Shakti. And Shakti is yelling, Mommy, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's Shakti, yes, Shakti. Was a long time ago. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> we are fine, Shakti. Go back to sleep now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so now that we've officially made Morgan late for a Kundalini class, which is great, um, Joe, would you lead into? <laughs> I, I love it when you ask this question because you bring such a sensuality to like focusing in desires. You're the one who got me into the practice of frequently asking myself what I actually desire, not just in like an, an overview where it's like, oh yeah, my desires are X, Y, and Z, one through 10, but like minute to minute, day to day, like what do I desire today? And desire is different than like, I want salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. I mean, because desire talks to the soul level, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's just like what Morgan's been talking about with the whole mind, uh, heart and, or with the, with, yeah, with the mind, heart and honeypot, like that's where your deepest desires really go. So Morgan, what is your deepest desire for yourself in life, in business and what you're doing in your community, in this school of feminine wholeness, or even just motherhood or partnership? What's your deepest desire? I want to love and be loved. That's as simple as that. I mean, like, like my, my go-to quote for years now has been, um, well, I first heard it in the Moulin Rouge, but it's actually a much older quote by Eden Abez. And it says, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Mm -hmm. Love that one. That's love what that I want. One. I was like head to toe chills, mic drop. Like there didn't need to be anything else. Yeah, <laughs> I want that and a villa in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I know. We're like, there we're we go. Waiting for it. Yeah. For it. <laughs> oh, well, I love that. I think we should mm. leave it as that. I think so. What about you good. guys? You got to share your desires. Mm. Oh, our deepest desires. My deepest desire, you know what? I actually, like my deepest desire is to just create spaces for women to feel like they have the permission to be seen fully, wholly. And without any kind of um, restriction, 
You know, mm-hmm. it's funny because I think about like I'm moving into a new house in a couple of days and I was telling one of my girlfriends, I'm like, I know this is bougie as fuck, but I kind of want a neon. And she was like, oh my God. Okay, seriously. <laughs> like a neon light sign, right? Right when you walk up the stairs, right when you walk through the door, when you get head up the stairways, there's like this little inlet to this in the at the end of the hallway. And I want this, I want this like neon sign that just says permission granted. Mm, for you to, like, and just that, just, just to be whatever, whatever, however state you come into my house, permission fucking granted. Oh, that's like that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's gorgeous. Those are tough acts to follow, ladies. I'm so- <laughs> Because I think my on, the pressure is super. I'm like, <laughs> ah, my eye, my eye just started twitching. I was like, this is when you say, I just want a Louis bag. Yeah. Yeah. This is when you say, I just want um, warm chocolate I just, chip cookies and milk. I just want yeah. a fucking G wagon, okay? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, which I which I do. I totally do. I mean, it's it's there's pieces there's pieces of all of that. I think I don't have. I'm working on the conciseness because desire feels so big to me. Like it's so personal mm-hmm. and so deep, but it also is like so vast. It feels yeah. like, and I feel like I have lots of desires that are, that are deep mm-hmm. on that level. I know that I have a really deep desire around creating legacy and not just with my daughter, but with the generations and generations and generations of women to come. And that is like both interracial and, you know, intergenerational and just like connecting wisdom and energy and all of the lessons from the past and the present and the future. And, you know, of course, James is like the, the, the beacon, the physical representation Mm -hmm. of that. Like so many of my desires have to do with what I want to leave for her and not before I've experienced that shit for myself, but like I (laughs) plan to experience it and then have such an abundant overflow of it that she, you know, doesn't ever have to spend energy on some of the shit that we spend energy on. Like she will be so free to pursue her genius and her purpose and her calling and like the next level of evolving, you know, everything around her and, and the planet, because she's not bogged down with like, Oh, I only eat this many fucking calories or like, Oh, you know, the patriarchy says X, Y bullshit. It's like, I just, that's a big piece. That's a really big piece for me right now. Oh, can I add something to that? Yes. Yeah. So this kind of ties back to one of the first questions you asked me about how do I deal with unfollows, people not understanding me, and um, it's my daughter. You know, I think to align myself with, is this something that she would be proud of me for when she's 18 years old? Mm. And that's like, if I can say yes to that, then it goes, I post it. It doesn't matter what anyone else says, but to make my daughter proud and to like be a mirror for her of what's possible. Yeah. That's my barometer. Mm. Yes. I got chills on that one. And Emma is such a, she's so, that (laughs) freaking hip hop, that girl is like, (laughs) the power in that girl's little pinky toe. It's like, I think they they get, we get more and more powerful. So it's like, we have, you know, it's like, it's exponentially um, compounding as it goes. So like what James is walking around with, what Emma's walking around with, what Iris and Olivia are walking around with. I mean, it's, it's so far beyond Mm -hmm. like what, what we've even experienced and have access to, but I'm so grateful. So grateful. I'm so grateful to you. And we're so grateful to you, Morgan, for being so generous with your time. (laughs) Thank you for missing a class. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, thank you guys. 
Thank you so much. Like really thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the School of Feminine Wholeness. Like I'm really honored and just so excited about it. It means a lot that um, you would have me on to share and just be here. I'm excited for you guys and what you're creating. I love you as a duo. I mean, there's so much power in both of you that it's like, whoa, watch out, world. <laughs> nothing confidential. <laughs> no secrets left on earth after this podcast. No, no. <laughs> nothing is safe, sorry. Uh, for Everything me, is safe. Nothing I was is like, safe. nothing is safe. It's ever this space, which is like so safe. <laughs> I love that. Ooh, that's a kind of a That's fun a good slogan, yeah. 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 T-shirts. Coffee mugs. Where's the merch, ladies? Paraphernalia. I know. Merch is coming. We got to work it up. Merch is coming. Oh, yes. my God. Well, oh. Morgan, we're so honored just to have you in the space again for saying yes one time and for saying yes oh another time. Yes, and for, uh, for giving okay. of yourself. And I'm so, we just, we are honored to be in community with you and to be able to share and uplift the work that you're doing in the world. It's so important and so impactful. And we will put everything that you could possibly need in the show notes for you guys. So don't stress out. It's all going to be there, but we just love you, Joe. We love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you Joe. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> totally worth missing a Shakti Awakening experience for. This is where it's at. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. We love you, Morgan. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If this conversation tickled your fancy, opened your mind, or gave you permission to simply express yourself a little more authentically. Be sure to share with a friend, rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.